Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today we have a crazy revenge story about stealing an ant's money. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I sabotaged my stepbrother's college application. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I strongly believe that parents have a huge role in how badly their kids turn out. I know that people think that kids are wired how they want to be wired, or that the environment is a major factor. I personally believe that none of those matter as much as the parents. Most of the trauma I experienced as a child was a result of my dad's poor choices. When I say poor choices, I mean the fact that he chose to bring external components into my life at a very young age. External components in the form of a stepmother and stepbrother. Those two formed a tag team to make my life a living heck, and most of the time, my dad just ignored the entire thing. When he's not supporting them, that is. My life wasn't always like this, you know? I used to be really happy a few years ago. My parents were still together then. They were in so much love. They did everything from vacations to date nights to game nights with their friends and all. It was fun then. The beginning of the end was when dad lost his job. There was something going on in his company and they could no longer afford to keep paying their staff. So they decided to lay off some people. My dad was one of the unlucky ones. Losing his job hurt him more than you'd think. One of my dad's greatest flaws is his ego. He wanted to be the one to provide and being unable to just drove him to dark places. Dad tried his best to get another job but nothing was working. He sent out resumes to different firms but he wasn't getting responses. This further made him mad that he started to lash out at me. I'd try to talk to him about something and he'd just push me away. I thought it would get better when mom came home with the news that she got a job but it only made it worse. Mom used to have a job in a small fashion company as a project manager, but my dad made her quit because he was already making enough money to take care of the entire family. So she quit, but on good terms with her boss who was a friend from college. When she talked to her about the situation, her boss told her to come back immediately and gave her the same position as before, with even better pay. This was a great opportunity for income till dad found something else. Like I said before, dad wasn't thrilled for two reasons. One, like I said, he didn't like the fact that he couldn't adequately provide for his family. And to him, it was emasculating that mom had to be the one doing that. The second reason was that mom's friend from college was a guy named Marcus, and dad had always been insecure about him. I know what dad says, but if you ask me, I'd say the real reason why he didn't want her to work there was because he didn't want her spending time with Marcus. But at the same time, he didn't have a choice. He put in more effort to get his job hunt, and in the process, he became more distant. Eventually, he got a job somewhere. I remember that particular day because, before then, I hadn't seen him so happy in a really long time. We even went out to celebrate this achievement. I thought everything was going to go back to normal, but I was so wrong. The next day, Dad demanded that Mom leave her job. Mom, on the other hand, refused. She said it was a mistake leaving her job the first time because there wasn't anything like job security. What if she left her job and the same thing that happened the first time happened again? She had a point, but dad didn't see it that way. It was a pretty huge fight, but in the end, mom wouldn't budge. They stopped fighting about it after a week, but they were giving each other the silent treatment. It was really difficult for me because I was caught in the middle. 
After a few months, I thought they were over it until one day I came back from a friend's place to see them fighting and throwing things at each other. Eventually they stopped fighting when they noticed that I was home, but a few days later, mom left the house. Dad sat me down and talked to me about the new living arrangement. They were getting a divorce and mom was moving out. The company she worked for was expanding and she was supposed to head a new branch out of the city. I was beyond shocked, but I was a kid. I had no say in it. That's not even the worst part. Just one week after mom left, dad brought a new woman named Joe to the house. As if that wasn't shocking enough, he introduced her as his girlfriend and said she'll be moving in soon. He didn't even try to ask if I was okay with it or not. My opinion didn't matter, but that wasn't even what bothered me. He brought her home just one week after mom left. Was she a rebound relationship or was their relationship something that had been happening? I would have preferred to live with my mom, but my life was at home. School, friends, and everything. That's why I left. My life was back home, school and all. I had just gotten into sophomore year, and I had to finish that before she could consider letting me switch schools and stay with her. So I had to stay back home for the entire year. True to his word, dad's girlfriend Joe moved in. But another surprise, she wasn't moving in alone. Her son Tyler moved in with her. Up until the moment he walked through the door, I didn't know she had a son. I'm telling you, that day was filled with surprise after surprise. As soon as he walked in, I recognized him. He was a senior in my school. He was on the lacrosse team, and because he was talented and popular, he was also a huge jerk. He bullied everyone he deemed weaker than him. In school, I've learned the mystic art of blending in the background. This was how I've been able to avoid being bullied all my life. But now, I was living with a bully. I'm right in his sight. There was no escaping it. He quickly exercised his dominance in the house by taking my room. Even though dad had prepared the attic room for him, he decided that he wanted mine. I complained to my dad about this, but instead of him to step in and set boundaries, he told me I was supposed to just try to be more accommodating. I let him have it, but that was just the beginning. You'd think the fact that we're kinda like brothers would mean that Tyler would look out for me in school and just make sure I'm good, seeing that he's the older one after all, but the opposite happened. He set his eyes on me and started to bully me more than anything. He randomly yanked down my pants in the hallway or blocked me in the bathroom. There was even one time after gym class when I went to take my bath in the boys' locker room, Tyler and his friends came in and pushed me around. I almost fell in the bathroom. If I did, I'd have been terribly injured, but he didn't care. Next, he went to my locker and grabbed my clothes, leaving me naked in the locker room. I had to borrow my friend's gym clothes. I was so tired of this that I went to the principal's office to report this issue. I was so lucky that other boys were there, and so when Tyler was called into the office, I had people to attest to the fact that he bullied me and stole my clothes. Tyler tried to downplay the entire thing telling the principal that I was his stepbrother and he was just playing with me. But the principal wasn't buying it. He gave Tyler detention for the week. It only worsened after that because when Tyler got home later that night, he told his mom and my dad that I lied against him in school and that he was being punished for it. I tried to explain the situation, but his mom took his side and complained to my dad that I was making living in the same house difficult for them. And what did my dad do? Of course, he took their side and I was grounded. He got detention for a week, and I, on the other hand, was grounded for a month. It was heck on earth. It was like the male version of Cinderella, because I was also tasked with doing all the chores, except my dad was still alive, he just didn't care. My only solace was when I went to my mom's during the weekends. I had to endure this until the end of the school year. 
By this time, Tyler was almost done with high school and ready to go to college, and I would finally go live with my mom. But I didn't want to go without getting my revenge on Tyler for all the horrible things he had done to me. I sp- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spent days thinking about all the ways I could hurt him, and I finally decided on one. Tyler had always been talking about getting into Boston University. He had a list of all the universities he wanted to go to, so one night, while he was asleep, I took the list from one of his books. I knew his email address already, so I went to school and met up with some of my friends who knew their way with computers. They were able to hack into his email, I have no idea how they did it. I'm not a computer person, but anyway, we wrote a college application essay for him and submitted it. But it wasn't anything like a college application, it was terrible. We made it seem like a 10 year old wrote it. We even attached selfie pictures of him we found on his Instagram. It was truly terrible. We sent it to all the schools he wanted to apply to, and then some. Tyler didn't even notice, and if he did, I already left my dad's. All I heard later was that he didn't get accepted into any of the universities he tried. By the time he figured out what had happened, I was in my mom's place, and even though they all called over 200 times, I didn't pick up their calls. Eventually, dad came over by himself wanting to yell and fight with me, but he couldn't because mom wouldn't let him. Anyway, that was the last time I went to my dad's. Hopefully, it's the last time I go there. I mean, considering how things ended, I think, honestly, the dad would prefer it if OP never came there again. Plus, he pretty clearly picked his own sides multiple times. It's probably healthiest for OP not to go back. Also, hi. I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of revenge, it would be amazing if you left a like or left a review if you're listening to my podcast. That said, our next story is, best friend writes something terrible about me on an anonymous message app, so I sent her packing. I'd like to start this story on a very simple note. Don't trust people, they'll let you down. I, 26-year-old female, used to believe that the right thing to do is to trust people. After all, great thinkers and wise philosophers have said that no man is an island and you need people to survive. But why is it that these same people you bring into your life and make your friends are the ones that betray you the most? Wise thinkers and philosophers have said that you attract your kind of person. I don't think this is true, because I'm not a terrible person. I don't claim to be good or anything, but that's not something I can judge without any evidence to you guys reading this. But all I can say is that I would never do anything to intentionally hurt people. Yeah. I put myself first, but not at the expense of other people. If I have a problem with someone, I'm not scared to call them out on whatever differences we have. We can either learn and grow from our mistakes and differences, 
or never talk again. Either way, I'd never say things behind people's backs. So why on earth is the person I call my best friend a hypocritical and backstabbing piece of crap who doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut? How did I attract someone like this into my life when I'm nothing like that? It's really crazy how evil some people can be even to the best people around them. It all started with a good deed on my part. I had just started college then. Back home, I was the only daughter and I had two male siblings. Because of this, I'd always had my own room from the start, so I got used to the idea of staying alone and having my space to myself. And I have to say, I really liked it. My brothers were loud and my parents were annoying. My room was my safe space. So when I went to college, I got my own place so I wouldn't have to deal with people and their problems. At the time, I couldn't get a one-bedroom or studio apartment close to school. They weren't available, so I had no choice but to get a two-bedroom apartment. It was too much space than I actually needed and more expensive, but as long as I could have my private space, I was cool with it. One Friday, I woke up late for class because I'd stayed up late to binge a series. Also, my alarm didn't go off, so when I woke up, I realized that I was late. I took a quick shower and went to class. I had to sit at the back because the class was filled already and the lecture had started. I looked to my side and saw this girl writing in her note. I asked to borrow her note, and she agreed. At the end of class, I thanked her and explained what happened. I was binging the last season of Game of Thrones and we laughed about it. She'd also seen the series and she understood why I couldn't go to bed till I saw the entire thing. She introduced herself as Chelsea and we talked as we made our way to our next class. By the end of the school day, we were still walking and talking together. We exchanged numbers and went our separate ways. Chelsea was the first friend I made in college. As we hung out in school, we discovered that we liked the same things. Movies, songs, art. I've never seen someone who got me more than she did. Not my parents, not my brothers. I've always felt like the odd and weird one out of everyone, and it was nice that she got me to that level. We hung out practically every day and we did almost everything together. I wasn't really good at making friends, so I had a tough time in my first year of college. Chelsea was practically my only friend at this time. She was also staying in an off-campus apartment. She was squatting with a friend, but she was in my place most of the time. She was the only one whose company I didn't mind. Sometimes she'd even stay over for the weekend and we'll just chill together. One day she texted me at 2am in the morning that she was outside my apartment. Luckily for her, I was up because I was watching another series. I was surprised when I saw her text, but I thought she had probably gone to a party and lost track of time and maybe she couldn't go home anymore. I opened the door, and to my surprise, she was carrying two bags. When she settled down, I asked her what was going on. She told me the friend whom she'd been staying with had kicked her out. I wanted to ask why, but she was clearly in a bad state. She asked if she could stay in my apartment for some time till she could figure out an apartment plan, and I said yes. I mean, she had already brought her bags and stuff. There was no way I could turn her down. Besides, she was the only person in the world I could tolerate, so there was really no problem. Besides, it was supposed to be for a short while, right? It wasn't. This incident happened just before we wrote our first year exams. She stayed in my place for the entirety of the second year, and even into the third year. I didn't have any problem with it because, like I said, I enjoyed her company. We were really tight all through this time. We were also like sisters. That's what most people thought. Heck, that was what I thought. But I soon learned that Chelsea didn't feel that way. In my third year of college, I'd finally come out of my shell. I was finally making friends outside of Chelsea's friend circle. I met some new people like Haley and Shannon. 
They were final year students and they shared my interests in movies and games. They were so cool and I loved hanging out with them as much as I loved hanging out with Chelsea. One day we all went out to a bar to hang out. While we were talking, Chelsea pointed to one of the guys a few booths away. She said she had been checking us out and truthfully we caught him stealing a look at us. We all laughed and started arguing about which one of us he was checking out while we were still talking. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Talking about it, one of the waitresses came to us with a round of drinks. We hadn't ordered another round at the time. We told her and she said it was from the guy at the booth. It was the same guy looking our way. We waved at him and he decided to walk up to us. Then he asked if he could speak to me. He was cute and he bought us drinks. Of course I said yes. I excused myself from my friends and we talked for a moment. When it was time to leave, he collected my number and promised to text me. He was also a final year college student and he was so cute. I liked him already. His name was Joe by the way. My friends and I talked about him throughout the cab ride. Chelsea was the only one silent but I didn't give it much thought. I just thought she was drunk and tired. The next day she was back to her normal cheerful self. So I thought I was right. Joe and I texted non-stop for days on end. He was a fun person and I enjoyed spending time on the phone with him. So when he asked me to go out with him, I said yes immediately. We hung out for a while before he asked me to be his girlfriend. And to that, I also said yes. Everything was going great and I was living my best life. Until one night when my class group decided to do an anonymous message thing. We were supposed to write something about our course mates and I thought it was going to be fun. I wasn't very popular in school, so I didn't expect a lot of messages directed to me, but I got a few. Chelsea and I were in the living room of my apartment while we looked through the messages. It was mostly cute or funny stuff like someone confessing his or her feelings for someone else or another person making silly jokes. Then I came across one message directed at me. The smile disappeared from my face as I read it. It said something along the lines of, Cindy is such a boyfriend-stealing tramp who thinks she's better than everyone. She behaves all good and nice on the outside, but when everyone else isn't watching, she's nothing less than evil, conniving, and manipulating. I wonder how Chelsea puts up with her. I didn't know how to react when I read through it, so I read it again and again. Chelsea told me not to think about it because the person is just a hater who didn't know what she was talking about. And truly, I didn't want to think about it, but it was really weird because I was sure nobody knew me in class. So why were they talking as though they knew me? Besides, I didn't steal anyone's boyfriend, but then I couldn't know whether Joe had dated someone in my class and maybe they were watching me. It made me so paranoid at the time, and when I asked Joe, he said he hadn't dated anyone in my class. I thought he was lying, and it caused a strain in our relationship. But eventually, I found out who wrote all those things about me in the group. That night, Joe and I had a fight. Like I said, our relationship was strained. I was so sad that I looked at Chelsea for support. I went to her room and we were on her bed as she was trying to cheer me up. Then she stood up because she had to use the bathroom. Her phone was unlocked and she'd been writing something on her notepad. I picked it up and looked at it. Then I scrolled through to the previous notes and something caught my eye. The title started with my name, so I clicked on it. 
There, I saw the exact message posted on the group chat. The crazy thing was that the timestamp showed that it was written hours before we started the anonymous messages. She was the one who made the post and she put it in her name so I wouldn't suspect. I was so shocked. I didn't know whether to cry or scream. Eventually, she came out of the restroom and I showed her what I found. Instead of apologizing, although that wouldn't have done any good, she started to argue that Joe was supposed to be with her and that she saw him first. She had the audacity to say that I stole her from him. We had a heated argument that almost ended in a physical altercation. Eventually, I told her to leave my house or I was going to call the police. When she heard my threat, she started to beg because she didn't have anywhere else to go. I didn't care about that. She lived in my place for almost two years, and I hadn't taken a single dime from her for the rent, and she still had the audacity to talk about me in that manner. I picked up my phone as though to call the police, and she immediately packed her bags and left. That was the last time I spoke to her. I told her friends what she did to me, and even they wouldn't let her stay in their place. One even went as far as saying that she wasn't expecting us to last so long together as roommates. She knew how terrible Chelsea was, and that was why she didn't let her stay with her in the first place. Chelsea and I crossed paths in school once or twice, but I just ignored her. We've graduated now, and I hope I never run into her again in my life. All around, they just kind of seemed like a shady person. It was just kind of inevitable that somebody who got kicked out but you couldn't tell why eventually showed you the exact reason why they ended up in that situation. If I were in OP's position, I would just be left wondering, were they trying to use me for something up until the point where, like, their true behavior just took over and came out? I mean, obviously, they were staying in OP's place. Our next story is, I stole my aunt's money and disappeared. When I was 19, I stole my aunt's money, left the house and the state, and never returned. I had to live with my aunt growing up because my dad died really early on. He died shortly before my mom had me. Hearing about my dad's death actually broke my mom's water, so I heard. My mom was so heartbroken that she refused to connect with her baby, me. It also didn't help that she didn't have a strong support system or even any at all at the time. She didn't have any family or friends. My dad was her everything, and when he left, she lost the will to live. Mom started drinking a lot of alcohol to numb the pain, and before anyone knew it, she became addicted. She was always drinking, and she had to drink to function at all. One day, she had too much to drink and left me all alone in the house by myself. I was four at the time. A neighbor came around and figured out that there was a four-year-old staying by herself in the house, and she called Child Protective Services immediately. They came and took me away from my mom, and according to what I was told, my mom didn't fight for me. She agreed that I was better off not living with her anyway. For five years, I was in four different foster homes. Each family treated me okay, but that was the best I got. I never felt a sense of belonging. They never felt like family. There was never any affection. My foster parents were doing their job, and it was clear from their actions that that was all there was to it. The last family was a bit better. I had a foster brother who was just my age and he treated me like an actual sibling. That was what my life looked like until I was invited to the CPS one day. My mom had come looking for me, but she wasn't there for herself. My aunt wanted me. When I met my mom, I didn't recognize her and she didn't look happy to see me, just eager to get everything over with. I found out later on that the only way my aunt could be my legal guardian was if my mother was present. I eventually met my aunt, my mom's sister by the way, and felt so happy. Relieved to finally have a family, she told me about my dad and her relationship with him before she died. 
She said she'd recently become widowed and she came for me because her late husband wouldn't let her adopt me when he was alive. I asked if she was going to adopt me and she said that could not happen immediately. I'd have to have lived with her for a while before that could happen. Months after we met, the paperwork was completed and I moved to my aunt's home. It was a large house. She had two daughters and a dog and a big, well-furnished bedroom for me. It was my first time having a bedroom of my own and one that was tastefully furnished too. She asked if I was okay with the color of my room and I told her I loved it. That night, I slept peacefully in my aunt's home, happy to finally have found a home. But what I didn't know was that I had just begun what would be the craziest journey of my life. My story was like that of Cinderella, except that there was no prince, no fairy godmother, and no ball, just horrible treatment and abuse. Everyone in the neighborhood envied my cousins and me. They wished they could live in our big house, eat what we ate, wear the kind of clothes that we wore and live like us, especially me because everyone knew I wasn't originally a member of their family. But what they didn't know was that behind the scenes, I was dealing with an abusive aunt and her bully children. Her daughters were both in junior high school at the time, and they treated me like I was their servant. There were rules in the house that only applied to me. I was never allowed to have friends in the house, and I was never allowed to visit friends either. My friendships ended in school. I could not participate in plays in school, even though my teachers would beg me to join in because of how good my acting was. My aunt always had an excuse for why I could not participate in everything. One time, one of my teachers had a feeling about what was going on in the house and tried to call everyone's attention to it. But my aunt went to school, lied that I was traumatized from my years in foster care and having an alcoholic as a parent, and that she was worried that standing on front of a crowd would traumatize me further. She would yell at me in public, and when people looked at her funny, she would lie about me having hearing problems and say she needed to yell for me to hear her. The lies were endless and I even started to believe some of them. My cousins would make me wait on them while their mother watched and laughed. They would ask me to serve their meals and act like an actual waitress while they ate. When they were done eating, I was then allowed to eat my own food. My aunt had someone who did the chores in the house, but she made me clean up my cousin's room all the time. She would even get mad at me if any of their rooms were in a disorganized state. I was constantly worrying about the state of their rooms checking in to see if everything was where it was supposed to be and whether their floors were clean enough. She never bothered them about their rooms or yelled at them the way she did to me. She would instead ask them how they were going to take care of their rooms in college and remind them that I would not be with them in college. Somehow that would make my cousins laugh and make fun of me. Despite how badly I was treated at my aunt's, I never ratted her out to CPS during their routine checkups on me because I genuinely felt grateful to be living in a house with food and my own room. I didn't want to let that go. Also, my aunt would remind me that she was doing me a favor, and sometimes when I cried or grumbled, she would remind me that she could call the CPS and have them take me away and put me back in foster care if that's what I preferred. I would then cry and beg her not to. It was crazy. The only thing my aunt didn't do was hit me. Her daughter hit me once and she was mad about it though. The emotional, verbal, and psychological abuse was crazy. She was an angel to her daughters and to me when we were outside with others. But when we were back in the house, she treated me like poop. They say liars belong in the hottest part of heck, so I do not doubt that my aunt would be in that section. She lied so much that she was sick. She would randomly call me into her bedroom and give me a long lecture on how much she loved her brother, my dad, and how she took me in because she loved him too much and didn't want his child to come to any harm. 
She would then tell me about how my mom hates me and even tried to end me after I was born because she blamed me for my dad's death. I later found out that she lied about that. My mom was willing to give me up because she didn't have the emotional and financial strength to care for a child, and she was also battling her alcohol addiction. As years passed, I found out about something that enraged me, the actual reason my aunt came back to look for me. It turned out that my paternal grandparents had left a fortune for my dad and aunt. She wanted my brother's share of the fortune to go to her, but my late grandparents' lawyer refused. They said since my father had a living child, they would hold everything I had in trust for me. My aunt then figured that the best way for her to be chosen as the trustee or handle the management of my dad's estate was to legally adopt me or at least have her under my care. Wondering how I found out about this, my aunt had this friend who was quite close to her. They hung out all the time. Her friend was probably 20 years older than she was and she had a granddaughter who was in my grade in school. My aunt and her friend were very mean people. They would hang out often to say the meanest things about everyone around them and trade gossip too. Her granddaughter was just as mean to people. She had friends in class who were her gossip partners and they spent so much time discussing people and mocking others. One day, one of her friends and I argued about something. I can't remember what it was. It was that insignificant. And this granddaughter attacked me verbally. She then said the only reason my aunt even took me in was to secure my dad's estate. I decided to do my private investigation and found out that my aunt had indeed taken over my dad's estate and she'd sold the properties to complete a mortgage payment for the mansion she and her late husband lived in. I nursed that anger and bitterness toward my aunt and way into adulthood. As a teenager, I started to talk to the computer geeks in class and they taught me various tricks. In senior year, I met a guy in college who was a computer expert. He knew all about hacking and stuff like that. He also taught me how fraudsters stole people's money and the different ways to prevent that from happening. At the time, only one of my aunt's daughters lived with her. She had a baby and the man abandoned her, so she returned home to her mom to help her with her child. One day, I decided to get my revenge on my aunt. I was going to get enough information to access her bank accounts and steal all her money. I started to watch her and pay attention to where she kept stuff and passwords. When I'd gotten all the important information, I did what I needed to do and took all of her life savings. It was a lot of money, but I did not care. The money was going to help me start a new life in a new environment. After all, if she hadn't sold my father's properties, I could have made some money off that too. The day I took the money and left my aunt's, I didn't take anything from the house with me. Just the money I turned into cash and the clothes on my back. I left my aunt and a note in my bedroom. She could call the police or whatever, but she'd have to explain how she defrauded me and lied to me and the world for years. I'm just wondering how OP managed to siphon all the money out of this account. Like, did they do some kind of behind-the-scenes wire transfer trick that they had learned from their friends or something? Like, I'm just wondering how you transfer all this money out of that account and make off with it without even remotely getting tracked. If it's a lot of money, isn't that very hard to do? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.